Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Give It The Beans. Now, at the time of recording, um, it is the Wednesday that has just passed from the MK Classic at the weekend, and uh, what a result it was for um, the team. We had three athletes uh, competing in total, um, and then it came away um, between them with, with six medals, um, four of which were, which were gold, um, and two which were, were bronze. And um, it was it was awesome to just be back within the bodybuilding scene, and uh, to just be around that. You know, the the day before, multiple check ins. The day of, multiple check ins. You know, check ins in the hotel room, check ins in the middle of the car park, um, and it's just really exciting to see to you know make a de- make a decision as a coach, and then see the physique kind of get better and improve overnight. Um, and it's just awesome to be a part of. And I've said this before, um, and I'll say it in a set set in the vlog that I done for the day that it's so much more rewarding getting a result with a client um, than actually I feel getting a result yourself. Maybe that's just a coach in me um, and kind of me speaking um, about what my passion is. I'm still passionate about competing, but I'd say I'm a bit more passionate about about coaching. Yeah, so I felt it felt awesome to to be there for all athletes and to kind of see how just how happy they were. Um, for even even just being around and being back you know in the bodybuilding scene after everything that's been going on and um yeah it was a really really special day i did vlog it all and by the time this podcast goes live it should be available on the youtube channel um, and that'll sort of kind of go through what the pre-stage process is about you know the the from traveling down there on the um, Saturday morning, uh, right up until sort of um, post show, um, speaking at the client. So if you want to know the ins and outs, by all means, just go on YouTube and check check that one out. Um, but what I thought I'd do is I'd come on here and speak a little bit about the differences between peaking in regards to a bikini girl and in this sense a uh, you know, men's physique competitor. Because I feel that there's so much information out there that if someone is doing it alone, it would be so easy to perhaps do something wrong. And I think that there's there's a sometimes a, a wrong wrong speculation that in peak week there's so many changes and you know people will say this is where the magic happens and and yada yada. Um, when in fact it's it's not always the case. In fact, sometimes there's there's very very little changes, and I'll kind of what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through what I what I done with Molly, and kind of what I would do with a bikini girl, how I sort of allow like what I do like for that athlete going into the show, and then I'll do the same for um, Gregor and Neil, who were a similar strategy, but it was a little bit different. And again, I hope that gives you an idea of how person dependent that this needs to be. So for the female side of things. Now I'm going to speak exclusively about bikini girls. So if you are a, a figure girl, wellness girl, um, you know, women's physique or bodybuilding, I guess this wouldn't apply to you. Um, this is kind of only my experience, uh, what I've done with athletes over the years and kind of the system that has re- has worked really, really well for me and has gave us a, quite a bit of success um, in not only producing a great look, but also success in regards to placings um, for second and thirds over the years and it's a it's a model that I'll continue to do so I'm really sorry to tell you bikini girls it's, it's very unlikely that you guys will need uh, what we'd call a carb load going into a show and there's a few reasons for that the bikini class criteria doesn't require you to be 
nice and full and hard and dry. You know, it's going to require you to have a nice cap on the delt. Um, it's going to ha ha require you to have some decent conditioning in your glutes and hamstrings and, and you know, the, the waist sort of nipped in. So that being said, we don't need an excessive carb load. What we kind of need is we need control of the stomach at all times and a nice little tight stomach. So I think with Molly, what, you know, what we've done is she was pretty much ready two weeks out, right? And that was always the plan. So what we done with about 12 days to go, I think it was maybe a little bit earlier, was we started reducing her output and we started upping food. Now, let me give, let me put it into perspective for you. Molly, Molly's stage weight was roughly about 55 kilos on the button. They, they are thereabouts within that region. And at one point during our prep, you know, our calories were 1,100 on, on a non-training day, and I think like 978 on a non-training day. Now, that's kind of my calculations, discluding veg um, and discluding, you know, incomplete protein. So they would have been a little bit higher, but on the meal plan, that's, that's what it said. She was also doing at one point 14,000 steps and 55 minutes of hit a day on the Stairmaster. So she was doing a heck of a lot, but she was willing to dig, she hammered it, and you know what? She got down, she looked great for it. Um, and if you don't know, if you haven't been on Instagram, Molly actually won two gold medals. And that was in the beginners class and then also uh, bikini open class E. And I think that she was actually pretty close in the overall as well. So anyway, what we done, with about a couple of weeks to go, was we started kind of going the opposite way. So cardio, um, very quickly it went from 55 minutes of hit, um, and over the course of that time it got reduced to 30, then it got reduced to 20, then it got reduced to from hit to a, a 20 minute incline walk, and then we kind of kept it there. Now, the reason we were able to, to sort of change this so quickly is we were sort of communicating daily, checking in daily, leaving no stone unturned. Now, as we kind of went into the last sort of couple of weeks, steps came down from about 14,000 to about tw uh, 10, sorry. Um, and at the same time, I think we had three food increases. So we ended up going into the show, I think training days were close to 1350 or 1400, and then non-training non -train day was about 1250. So that just shows you the sort of differences um, from her sort of peak of, of pushing and digging and then what we ended up on going into the show and, and how does that work you probably imagine why, why is that what you would do well I'm just gonna I'm just gonna explain it to you so what we do when we're when an individual is very very lean you need to understand that their body is in a, a high state of stress you know low food high output um, with their cardio but also you know with their train sessions their step count etc etc cortisol levels are quite high now what cortisol levels high level cortisol levels will do is it won't pre won't present uh the best the best possible look you know we can look a little bit inflamed um at times it can make us hold a little bit of water so when you start to come the opposite way you know, we call it reversing out the deficit reverse dieting effectively you could call it the body starts to look better and you saw, I saw the change in Molly, you know, we start reversing out, she was about, say, 55 kilos, and weight roughly held about there, but the look just got better, and it got better, and it got better. So, her last leg session before the show was about six or seven days prior, and by that point, cardio was kind of done, she didn't do any uh, the, the, the final two days. In that week, 
the the sort of front, the rear shot itself, we got a bit more conditioning throughout our glutes, throughout our hamstrings, adductors. Why? Because we were just stressing the body, right? She wasn't doing near as much as she was doing before, and it presented a little bit better look. And then when it came to the day before, um, what I should actually say before that is I, I'm a firm believer in using natural diuretics in both male and females. I, I've used them for years and I, you know, 100% swear down on it that it does work and cause a difference. So with Molly, we used them kind of from about five days out, uh, very small and then sort of tapered up. And then on the last day, the day before the show, used vitamin C. So the day before our show, uh, we actually, we went with training day calories instead of non-training day. And I remember sort of, I was in the obviously hotel room doing our check-ins, telling her to add a couple more rice cakes to one of her meals. Um, because ultimately at that point, if, if, you, if your athlete is ready, particularly their bikini girl, they're ready. You know, there's no magic that needs to happen. All, all we did was we kept water intake the same all week, kept the diet the same all week. And then the day before the show, we dropped water intake down. We ramped up diuretics. And then we kind of kept food at, 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 sort of her, at her training day calories. And what that done was that it meant that she woke up on the Sunday. Her, you know, her waist was, was nice and tight. Uh, we had some nice sort of, you could, you know, I, I know I said you don't need to be full, but um, when we look at the lateral delt, Molly's got quite a decent cap there. Um, it wasn't flat by any means. You could see that it was kind of popping condition from the rear was class. And it was like, right, cool. We just, we have to hold this look. So what did we do? We put a meal in roughly about, say, I think it was about 6.30. We put that in. And then I said to write, I don't really want you to eat any more than two max three meals before you go on stage. So we left it from half six, we checked again at roughly half nine, quarter to 10. And then she had a sort of chicken and rice meal that we had planned. So the meal before that was kind of yogurt and whey, a couple of rice cakes and that was it. Um, and then the sort of final two hours before stage is when I, we had that final look. And I looked at her then, we kind of assessed, okay, are you hungry? How are you looking? She looked great. She had the tan on by then. We'd held water quite low. It was just about 150 ml with each meal. And uh, I think our last meal we put in was like kind of rice cakes and whey. And uh, that, that was it kind of prior to stage. When she went on, she looked the part, looked the business. Um, when they all walked out, it was clear she was one of the better ones on stage. And I think from the offset, it was clear that she was a winner. Um, Molly never would have guessed it, never would have thought that. I told her that I thought she had the potential to, to place and win a show. Uh, when she first came on board, which was last year. Um, she didn't quite believe it, having finished last in, in her, her very first show previous. And uh, I still remember the look on her face on the day when they announced, um, you know, in first place was Molly Edwards. She uh, she was so shocked. And I think later on, uh, you know, I wasn't around, I was, doing, I was doing my cardio and stuff, but she said she got emotional and, and whatnot, and quite rightly so, um, for all the hard work that she'd done. So I think that that's kind of an example of the process of the peak for a bikini girl um, and kind of what I do um, with the majority of them. Get them ready early, reverse out, present a little bit of a better look, a body that's not in a state of stress. Um, and I didn't always do that. You know, the first time I prepped Clara, she'll probably no doubt be listening. You know, we, we, we dug until the week prior um, and we didn't really reverse out, which in hindsight, that was a learning curve. That for me, that was, you know, a good sort of three, four years ago. But I kind of need to make those mistakes to be here now. Now, moving on to the uh, the males, I had Gregor and Neil, men's physique. So what are they looking for, men's, men's physique? 
we're looking for obviously very very good conditioning through the abs through the lower back um, a nice little waist and a nice big v taper in the lats cap on the delt decent sort of top line in your chest the legs of course are covered so that it doesn't really you, know, you could say it, it doesn't matter but a lot of men's physique guys actually have a decent pair of legs on them so a little bit different with guys um, with Gregor he was he was ready early um, so we started to reverse out with him a couple weeks beforehand and we I upped food we pulled down steps pulled down cardio we only trialed one uh, sort of load with Gregor and the reason being was because I coached him the year before and I kind of knew his body very very well and it, it well, we only needed that right so Again, I'm going to tell you two different scenarios. I'll tell you Gregor's and I'll tell you Neil's. So again, with Gregor, we um, we trialed a load. We put the diuretics on the Wednesday. Uh, then we then we sort of backloaded into the show. So from that trial load, we figured it wasn't enough. Um, so we put in a bit more on the Friday, Saturday. Uh, we haven't assessed them. Well, you know, from what I planned, put a bit more in. And I was there in person. We went higher fats that day. Um, he got better and better as time went on. We obviously, you know, pulled water down the day before, kept kept electrolytes and salt and whatnot the same as we as you do with everyone. And then he just he woke up Sunday just on the money, nice and full everywhere, uh, really conditioned through his abs, through his obliques, lower back, everything was spot on. We put in one meal, uh, I think first thing in the morning it was like a cookie and, and whey protein, and then we just simply repeated that meal about another sort of two and a half hours later. Then once he got his final coat of tanner, I just looked at him and I was like, you don't need any more. You're, you're absolutely fine. You're, you're good to go. And uh, it worked. We, we maintained, we kept fluid lower. So about, it was about maybe 200 mil per meal for him. And then after that, you know, when I said to him, you're fine, you're good, you don't need any more. I said, just sips of water um, from there on out. And, you know, Gregor himself took the step up from junior men's physique. Um, you know, where he competed in little Scottish shows. He stepped up to the big leagues and two bros went on um, for the beginners class uh, came third out of a such a such a good beginners class of about nine guys it was crazy and like the standard for men's physique this year in two bros has been unbelievable and um, a lot of big guys but you know Gregor shape screams men's physique just his muscle bellies size of his arms his delts etc etc I mean he's, and things he's natural as well going up against guys that resisted so I personally feel he maybe could have came second. I think that the guy that came second was a bit softer than him. But hey, I'm not the judges, so you, you can't accept it. He then went on to win Class A. Um, and also, actually, sorry, he also won the juniors because he's still a junior. So pretty crazy, natural junior guy going into the men's shows and, and kind of winning them. So Gregor, if you're listening, congratulations. And then with Neil, so Neil had done a photo shoot previous to this. He'd also done... Uh, um, another show the week before the week before he actually he won the beginner's men's physique and then I think he picked up a fourth placing as well in two bros in the open heights they do placings one to five and in the beginners is one to three so we went in with experience we kind of knew what worked with with Neil his photo shoot we ran really really flat um, about say 166 pounds uh, and then loaded on for two days um, so the shoot was on a Sunday. I loaded Neil on the Thursday, Friday, and gave him a low day on the Saturday. And then you're thinking, but Vaughn, that's that's different than what you done with Gregor. And I know, I know it is. And I'm going to tell you why. I still ran the same dietetic protocol with him. 
we still look to achieve sort of peak fullness. But but Neil Neil was a little bit different, right? So Neil genetically, and he'll admit this as well, is that his abs aren't great. And what we find is that when we push fullness with him, his abs tend to look that little bit softer. Now for men's physique, they want crisp, hard abs. So we, we couldn't afford to wake up on the morning of a show with with us being a little bit spilled over. If you're not too sure what spilled over means, it means that when you're trying to push carbs into the muscle, some of them, if you put too much in, will get kind of pushed into, say, fat stores. With that, we'll take um, a little bit of intracellular water um, and we can kind of look, the detail can look a little bit blurred. So we knew this with Neil, so we trialed this, right? And this is the great thing about being able to trial loads um, with clients and have photo shoots prior. I'd actually trialed this load with Neil two weeks prior to the photo shoot. So we'd had one trial there, we'd had one trial for the photo, you know, so trial beforehand and then the trial for the photo shoot. There's two trials. So we had a lot of data and I kind of knew like, right, when Neil is about this sort of weight, he looks really, really good. Um, you know, we're, we're nice and full and his abs are the best they're going to be. That was about 170 pounds. So. Neil was 170 pounds for his photo shoot. The next week for his first show, he was 170 pounds. And for his last show, 170 pounds. Now the difference between the photo shoot and his two shows is that we, we loaded for one day. And the reason being is that when you, when you get full and you have a show about seven days later, you have to pull back down, right? So Neil had done his, his, his photo shoot where we'd loaded two days and we needed to pull back down. So we pulled back, back down from 170 to about 167 and then loaded him on the on the Thursday and when he woke up on a Friday he was just been peak fullness abs a little bit softer so he said right okay you're fine let's run a little bit lower woke up on the Saturday had flattened out a wee bit right let's put a little bit more in but not not loads woke up on the Sunday bang on the money for that show so again that was really valuable information that I had going into the week following where we ran, like literally, we ran the exact same food bar minus 20 grams of fat and I think it was about 150 grams less of carbohydrates for that second show. So what I'd say we'd done with Neil is we could effectively say we, we kind of front-loaded him going into the show and with Gregor we back-loaded. Now Neil looked great, um, he's got some awesome photos from this year and he ended up placing third in his open height class um, as well as the week before grabbing a grabbing a first and grabbing a fourth place and um, you know he'd done, done phenomenal and uh, again I hope that that example between the two guys will show you well okay it can be done differently between one competitor to the next but then also if you kind of consider okay right the the difference between the, the guys peak week and then the girls completely different now what I should probably add to this is that I'm just telling you my way of doing it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying that I've I've got a system and and it's an effective one and it works. There'll be other people out there that will say, ah, you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that and um, this is the way it should be done. And I always say that in this industry, there's all, so, so many different ways you can do things and achieve a similar, similar result. I personally feel that there is no, there's no right or wrong there is only effective or ineffective. And if you found a way that's effective and it's a bit different from mine, I say stick with it. I think if you're coaching yourself or you're looking to or 
some of that sound, you know, the thought of doing it yourself sounds scary. I hope that some of that information that I've given you can give you a bit of confidence to have a rough idea of knowing what you're doing. And if you don't, there's nothing wrong with sending a DM. Hey Vaughn, I checked out your podcast on, you know, peaking and this is what I'm thinking. My DMs are always open and when I've got the spare time, I'm more than happy to reply. But that might in itself sound a little bit or like of a kerfuffle. You know, you, you say to someone for the first time, oh, you know, you're looking a little bit flat and they're like, what does that mean? I still remember being uh, prepping a client, Chris Bain, he's actually still on board, third competitive season this year. Um, he said to me he was feeling flat and I, and I looked at his photos, I went, I don't know what he means. Right, but I sat down, I looked, I understood. We put food in, I looked again, I said, right, okay, those those sort of muscles. Um, his quads and his delts look a bit bigger, a bit fuller, right, okay, and I now understand what that means. But some athletes have no idea what it means, so as a coach, you have to explain that to them. And I think that over time, you you just kind of know what to do. I think that having, in in the final few weeks, I my clients check in almost every second day, and by that point, we get to the final week, I, I kind of know it, their body inside out, and I know, like, right, if I give them this amount of food today, they'll wake up and be this weight tomorrow and they'll, they'll look like that. And that only comes about through continual, continual assessment and checking, tweaking things, manipulating things, slowing things down, accelerating things up. Um, and I would say trusting your judgment as well. If you're a coach, please don't second guess yourself. If you second guess yourself, the athlete's going to know that. Right? And that's not going to fill them with confidence. But it's just going to take experience, it's going to take time, and it's going to take mistakes. So I think back to my early days as you know, a coach helping people do shows and shoots and whatnot, it, uh, I, I did make a lot of mistakes. And I look back at some photos and I, I cringe and I go, damn, yeah, I overdieted them. Or damn, they're not that full. And damn, they could look a little bit better. Whereas I needed to do that to ultimately become the coach I am today. Um, if you were to ask me back when I was first the PT in 20, you know, 2014, what being flat meant, I would have no idea, right? Because I was nowhere in the bodybuilding scene. Um, but hey, you live and you learn over time. So some of the sort of do's and don'ts I'm going to tell you about sort of peak week in general, regardless if you're a male or a female, please don't, please don't completely change your food sources. See, some people eat foods that they just hadn't, haven't had all diet. And before you know it, they are completely bloated, uh, they feel lethargic, unstable blood sugars, or they get the shits. Now, those sort of three things you want none of in peak week. What, what you want is you want everything to run optimal, everything to be in a good place, and you want as minimal stress as you can in everything, right? So for digestion, you want minimal amount of stress and just give the body what it's been having. If you're a guy, you might need to give it a bit more. You know, if you're a female reversing out, okay, a little bit more if you're a guy, or maybe a lot more in that final week, those final few days, middle of the week, two days before the show, start of the week. It, it completely depends. And I think that at times, some people get frustrated about, when I when I say the word, it depends. Some people can get frustrated because they want a definitive answer. But honestly, if, I always say, if I've not coached you, and I don't know your body, um, I feel I'd be doing you an injustice if I said, go do this, because it's so individual. You know, you saw two different scenarios with Neil and Gregor there and it worked um, because of their individual needs. You know, you saw a completely different scenario with Molly there as well. And um, again, that that sort of worked. And I'm sure 
I'm sure there's bikini girls out there that do get carb lured into shows and I'm sure it works for them. It's just not not what I do and it's it's not something that um I will do. I'll probably stick with the, the system I've got now. Uh, other sort of do's and don'ts, if you're a guy, please don't play around with loop diuretics. So they would be kind of under the counter diuretics. Main reason is, uh, if you do, you can look really, really flat on stage. Um, it can also cause a terrible, terrible rebound in water. I'm sure there's some coaches out there that'll promote it. I personally will never. And if a client would want to do that, I would advise them against it. Or I would say, well, if you want to do stuff like that, you know, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the coach for you. It's not something that I personally feel is needed. It's not something I'll ever use. I'm not saying it doesn't work. Clearly does, but um, that would be for more like the professional bodybuilders, the big big guys. I'm sure. And um, for for amateurs, I don't feel it's potentially needed. So I guess that kind of that is it from me, guys. Um, I hope that that helps if you are out there sort of coaching yourself, if you're wondering the difference, you know, between uh, how, you know, we peak, you can say our peak week where people think sometimes the magic happens and it does, but at the end of the day, um, sometimes, you know, if an athlete's ready, just leave them alone. You don't really need to change much. Um, if they look good and they're, you know, they're good to go, then, then keep things as they are. Um, so, yeah. As you can see, there's a bit of, bit of science behind it. It's, it's individualised. Um, if you are competing this year, I wish you all the best. It, you know, Being at that show at the MK Classic was really exciting. It was great to be back in the bodybuilding scene and just get the, get the, get the buzz of the show, see coaches that you know I've, I've not seen for a while, catch up with them, see other athletes that I, I know and catch up with them, see the success of the athletes, be around them because um, it's a huge... A huge thing for them, um, a huge thing for me as a coach as well, but it's uh, all about the athletes. Um, and that's why if you watch the vlog, you'll see why I, you know, I did cardio later on at night. Um, I posted first thing in the morning. Why? Because the day just, it wasn't about me. And for future ones where, I'm, you know, we're going to be going down, which I will be, it'll be the same thing. See to athletes first, and once the show is done, then I'll see to myself and my prep and whatnot, which um, for those of you, if you're wondering, it is going very, very well. Um, I've largely kept my head down for this prep and just got on with it because there has been a lot of work to do um, and at this current moment there still is but by the time this podcast goes live I'm sure I'll be um, a few steps closer than I am at this current moment so that's it guys, I'm going to wrap up there um, just remember that wherever you are, whatever you do give it the beans